Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Mental Health Casual Podcast. I'm your host, Lucky, and today we are going over to the anti-psychiatry subreddit because it's Saturday and it's anti-psychiatry Saturday. Um, obviously, uh, just before we get into this, uh, I, if anybody is new here, um, I this is, you know this has become a thing now where I just call it anti-psychiatry Saturdays. It's not. It doesn't mean that I am anti-psychiatry by any means. But when we go over to the anti-psychiatry subreddit, sometimes we get opinions that are maybe uh, opposing to our own. Uh, maybe uh, uh, opposing to our opposed to our own experiences, all that type of stuff. So I, I just like to kind of bring this up every Saturday. But um, before we get into that, um, once again, if any of you guys are new here, uh, first off, welcome. This is basically what I do. I just go to different subreddits that have anything to do with mental health and try and give some generalized advice and try and learn something new, but I'm by no means a professional. So feel free to take my advice with a grain of salt or apply to your life however you see fit. Uh, yeah, I just ended up watching, uh, kind of binge watching it because I was supposed to have watched it yesterday. Uh, this <laughs> this uh, movie called Violet Evergarden, the movie, and I just ended up crying like super hard. So I'm emotionally drained, to be honest with you guys. I am emotionally drained. Uh, and, you know, I'll be real with you. It kind of feel, it feels good um, because for me, I don't like uh, it, it. It's kind of hard to make me cry unless it's something it kind of happens um, unexpectedly, something like that. Or I am typically one of those people who have a delayed reaction to things. So, um, you know, I, I and I, I don't know if I adapted this or if I've always been like this. But, um, you know, whenever there's a tragedy that happens, usually I'm I'm the, you know, I'm the person who can uh, kind of like comfort people, you know, tell them it'll be okay. And then like a week later, I'm just like, it's not going to be okay. You know, <laughs> I just start, you know, all of a sudden I, you know, I start asking myself these really big questions and, you know, the same similar thing happened when I lost my uh, aunt pretty recently. I was, you know, very much, uh, you know, I, I was okay at first and, you know, I was like, Oh, I, I didn't know she was sick, but you know, man, that sucks. Uh, and then, you know, maybe like two weeks later, I think, Started my my brain just started asking me myself like oh, who's the next one to die you know, um and you know I I think uh, I think there's there's something to that as well um but you know one a good you know especially for for men you know I think a good cry is definitely worth uh worth it man um but uh, you know what I did do and th- this goes into the mental health aspect of it um you know. I remembered my breathing because I think a lot of times we just use crying as an excuse not to uh, not to breathe, not to you know do any of that. And listen, there are going to be some 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 like forced you know things that happen when you're when you're crying and everything. But one of the things that I I remember to do was breathe, and I have to say the the it was a much more pleasant experience than I was used to. Um, usually when I cry, it's just an ugly scene, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh what, what I was it reminds me of like a moose dying to a certain degree but yeah I I, I remember to, to breathe and it, it it allowed me to not make this big narrative right about my crying it was like listen it you're, you're crying it is what it is right something sad is going on and it reminds you of something that you know it doesn't matter like right it doesn't matter about all of that stuff like why you're crying it just matters that you are and that it's okay right uh, and I, th- I think a lot of times we tend to make these narrative assumptions about things that are uh, the, the the things that are happening in our life. And don't get me wrong, I think that's good. I think that's how we get um, you know diagnosed. That's how we um, figure out things. Uh, you know what what's maybe going on with you. Um, 
but I think it is dangerous to continually make up narratives uh, to fit what's going on in your life, right? Um, I, I do this a lot, so I have to be very careful with it as well. But now that I just accept, now now that I'm starting, now that I'm starting to, not that I'm just, I mean, I'm still learning this. Now that I'm starting to uh, accept things for for what they are, I think that I've started to, um, you know, not narrate, narrate, sorry, narrate things um and you know i'm starting to you know feel you know i i feel like i'm starting to uh get adjusted a little bit more to things and now things are getting blown out of proportion and so i just wanted to kind of tell that story to to people out there obviously this doesn't have a lot to do with what we're going to be talking about in a second um but uh you know if there's any if there's ever a time you know when you're when you're crying or anything like that try not to to make too much of a narrative of of why am i crying or why is it and uh, you know for people out there maybe you're a woman or something like that and you're more used to crying or or it's more socially accepted to cry um th- i guess this is more to men out there um who cry you know and listen man i feel if, uh, i feel pretty good man after that uh went to the gym today had a good cry i'm going to go get uh you know gonna go watch the ufc fight today. i'm feeling i'm feeling like a great part of my day man so anyway why don't we go over to the po- the first post here on the anti-psychiatry subreddit are you unhappy or sorry are unhappy people easier to manipulate it seems like it would be easier to sell unhappy people on war for example how general is the effect do certain kinds of ha- unhappiness only make one vulnerable to certain kinds of manipulation uh, I think it can, but the thing that I feel like a lot of manipulators do is you have to find a solution, a quote-unquote solution, to that person's unhappiness, right? Um, you know, I, I think that we, you know, if you if somebody says they are depressed and you tell them what can, uh, sorry, this can make you not depressed, right? Um, I, I think that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I remember Dr. Oz got in trouble for this a, a long time ago. I, I mean, listen, I, I'm sure he's forgiven and everything like that, but I'm never going to forget it. Is He used to throw around this term, a magic pill, a magic, not in terms of uh, in, in terms of psychiatrics or anything, but he, he would talk about it in terms of uh, like a weight loss pill or something like that. It's known as a magic pill. and talk about it anyway he got taken to court for it um i think he lost that case i'm not i'm not completely sure so i'm not gonna uh you know make any final judgments here because i i don't remember if he if he lost the case or not um but it brought up an interesting point about saying things are magical or saying things are you know things that they're not because uh when we when we talk about um you know antidepressants or antipsychotics we do have to realize that there is a lot more and by the way I was totally aware of this from the beginning. Like nobody lied to me about this. Uh, but maybe, you know, this is just an assumption. Maybe some people out there are given this, this, uh, you know, the, this um, lie uh, or over-exaggeration, I guess would be a better way to put it. Um, well, the fact that maybe, uh, you know, this pill will, or sorry, this pill will absolutely, you know, make your depression go away or anything like that uh for most people what it does is it makes things easier to cope with this is what this is my own experience i guess i'm speaking from uh on antidepressants so it made my experience easier to uh 
to sorry it, it lessened my depression so that i could deal with things and eventually that led me to be more confident in coping with things um and so when i eventually got off now granted it was a little crazy when i got off but eventually i got a lot better at coping with the things that were happening in my life i wasn't completely uh it wasn't a roller coaster ride anymore it was it was uh you know there were some bumps in the road there were some hills there were some 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 curves in the road but it wasn't a roller coaster okay that was the important part um so that was it, it helped me a lot with that um but yes i i do think unhappy people are typically easier to ma manipulate but you have to give them something that makes them that will promise to make them happy that will give them what they want um and listen people uh people who are desperate man they'll they'll, they'll go for something like that right like if, how many people do you know who uh you know who who maybe want to lose weight or something like that that how, how many people do you know like that are uh you know go to the nearest fad diet and go to the nearest you know because it promises them that they will uh lose weight or anything like that i i know a lot of people i myself included at one point um so yeah i i think unhappy people are very easy uh to manipulate but once again the manipulators have to give them a solution to their problem uh, and then that person, because, you know, nobody likes to be unhappy. Nobody likes to suffer. And so if there is a way to get out of our suffering, we'll usually seek the, uh, the, whatchamacallit, the, uh, um, the, the, the solution immediately. Um, especially, especially I find this with, uh, with men a lot. Like they, uh, that I, I, this is just my own opinion here. It's not fact or anything, but I think that's kind of why, uh we 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 tend to be like addicts on a higher level than women and i i think it's because we you know if there's a problem we want to solve it whereas women i find when there's a problem they they their immediate response is to figure out what's you know what what's uh what their reaction is to it um they cope with it a little bit more whereas men we try and fix the problem that's why you know that's why one of the one of the main things that i i um uh, I try and remember when I'm talking to a woman who is, uh, you know, who is talking about her problems is try not to fix her problems. Right. I think that's one, one big disconnect that men have with women is that uh, men try and they hear a problem. They want to fix it. Women, a lot of times will just say things that they feel, uh, but it doesn't mean necessarily mean they want it fixed. It doesn't mean, it, it just means maybe they want to vent. Maybe they want uh, to be heard. Maybe they want uh, some type of connection or something like that. Right. So, um, that's a big disconnect that happens. I think men, when we suffer, sometimes we're searching for what, what is the problem? Let's try and figure out the problem. Let's try and fix the problem. And you know what? Weed makes me feel really good. And, you know, we, you know, uh, there's this community of people who smoke weed too, uh, you know, drinking, it makes me forget about my problems. Let's go ahead and do that. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of the, uh, sometimes that, that's some, sometimes I, that, that's one of my hypotheses of why, um, you know, people tend to, or men tend to get addicted a little bit more. Also, we just have, it just seems like we go kind of crazy with things. Anyway, let's go over to the next post here. Suicide checks. Does anyone wonder why mental health care providers even bother asking if you are suicidal? I am unbelievably depressed and at times suicidal, but I'd like to think the healthcare system would help me regardless. Like, is there treatment that they are withholding from me if I'm not quite suicidal? But if I don't, uh, but if I don't, get suicidal or sorry if i don't uh say i'm suicidal that i would get um you know i i think you know this is always a big problem um 
the the thing is i think there's a lot of bureaucracy that happens with that they that can happen with therapists. you have to remember right if somebody dies on a therapist's watch what do you think do, that does to the therapist's reputation what do, what do you think that happens to them by the way i'm not trying to excuse anything like that or, or a psychiatrist right um, what do you think that does to their reputation obviously you know they're in a field where you know people are going to especially psychiatrists remember psychiatrists deal with people who would typically deal sorry who would typically need medications um so i think that's important to remember psychiatrists deal with some of the uh the the the, the people on the the highest spectrum of of uh psychotic uh psych psychopathy um uh, i don't know if that's the right word for it but whatever i'll just go with it so you know, typically people on the higher end of the spectrum would probably need medication in order to to um, to live, at least live like a somewhat normal life. Now, that being said, I feel like this is a, an important question to ask. Right. It's but at the same time, and this is always something that I've kind of had a problem with. And I always had a problem with telling my therapist. I never told them whenever I had a suicidal thought. Uh, mainly, and I'm not encouraging anybody to do this. I want to make that very clear. Uh, if you are in therapy right now, feel free to tell your therapist. But I, in my opinion, or in my case, I was always really afraid because I, you know, that was the one thing I never wanted to do. I never wanted to go back to that the, the psych ward. Um, it was very, very expensive for my family, so I did not want to go back there. Um, so even though I did have uh, suicidal thoughts, even you know you know, for probably years after, I mean, remember I was, I was, you know, going through alcohol and, and weed and stuff. And so, um, you know, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel that way anymore. So I started turning to, 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 to drugs. So, um, but, uh, you know, I never wanted to tell them I was suicidal because, you know, what, what happens if they, they use that as a reason to keep me in, you know, put me back in the psych ward. Um, you know, it was it was really, really scary for me. And so I don't know what the solution is, because once again, you know, if somebody is suicidal, you kind of have to take that as a threat that somebody's making to themselves. Like, uh, you know, this person is actively making a threat against their own life, because once again, I, I'll use I'll use this example uh, once again. So imagine that you are um, sorry. Imagine somebody says, I'm going to. OK, try to remember the example let's say you have a sibling and there that sibling says this person it wants to kill me right what would you do you'd call the police and you try and get that person arrested right now what if that sibling says i'm you know i want to kill me right it's you want to protect your sibling but you're trying to protect them against themselves and you know I, I, once again i'm not on i'm not like uh, I'm not actively trying to go for either side here. I'm a little confused. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm a little confused on what to do, uh, which is why I don't, I don't envy anybody in the psychiatric field. It is a very difficult uh, thing to uh, deal with people who are actively trying to hurt themselves, that kind of thing. Um, it'd be, you know, it's okay. I don't want to say it's much easier, but it's, it, it does seem a lot easier to, deal with outside so outside threats than inside threats you know what i mean um so i think that's something important to remember um but yeah in terms of me i mean i think we do need to figure out a better way 
to make it easier for people to say, listen, I, I, I just, uh, to me, I just don't want to live anymore. Like if, if somebody, if somebody says that to a therapist, should they be locked in a psych ward afterwards? I don't, I don't think so, man. I, I think all that's going to do is make them, uh, you know, uh, to, it, it's going to, it's going to diminish their trust in us. So I think that's, I think that's, uh, uh, or it, it diminished their trust in the mental health system. Remember, I went to the psych ward willingly. Um, there's a lot of people who don't. So um, let's go to the next post here. Amusing is the title of this. Isn't it funny how once financial imbalances become more important, suddenly we have an epidemic of chemical imbalances? Um, I don't know. Hmm. Huh, this is a, this is an interesting question because it, it's. It, this is kind of goes to the fallacy, maybe, of causality is does not always mean. Um, sorry, Quint. What? Oh my God! Why? Why am I forgetting my fallacies all of a sudden, man? Um, coincidence doesn't always mean causality. Is that what? It, oh my God! What? What is this? What is this fallacy, dude? I spent so long since I've been in philosophy class, so it's been. Uh, what the heck is oh correlation does not always mean causality there we go um so just because you are seeing people um you know financial imbalances happen um does not mean that there's a the, the, that's the main cause of chemical imbalances now here's what i will say it does seem that people who are who have less access to financial resources um, they do, they probably will tend to go into, um, some, some, I guess some more of like the hard, more hardcore drugs. Um, and I, I don't know, I, now that I'm starting to think about it now, I, I feel like rich people do get into those hardcore drugs too. I don't know what it is then. Yeah. It's, it's hard to make that, that, that argument about financial imbalances. Well, I think the, 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 an easier case to look at is homelessness. Now, the problem I, I have with, with using homeless people as an example, um, or not a problem I have, but the dilemma that I have is, did those people become homeless because of their mental illness or after they got homeless because of financial whatever, um, did they start to develop mental health issues? I, I don't really know the answer to that question, to be completely honest with you, and I don't feel comfortable like actually answering that. Um, but I do wonder what, you know, it's like what came first, the chicken or chicken or the egg, right? Because, um, you know, I, I just saw somebody the other day where they were just, you know, talking to themselves, waving, you know, waving uh, their hands around. And, um, you know, and I listen, I have that immediate knee jerk reaction where it's like, oh, look at that crazy person. It's like, man, that could be me. You know, you start to think about it. And, you know, are any of us really safe from that if we end up going through the same circumstances? I don't know. Because there, there are some people who go through a tragedy and they they come out one way, and there are some people who go through a tragedy and they come out another. So I'm not completely uh, I'm not completely sure, um, you know, about that. But I don't know. I you know, I, I do talk a lot about financial health now, even though um, I, I never really talked about it before, just because there is some correlation with people's mental health and, and financial instability. Um, it is it is what it is because if you think about it right if you think about a um let's just say a wild animal uh, i was gonna say a wild animal in the wild an animal in the wild whatever 
uh, and they do not have access to resources, meaning like uh, food, water, all that stuff. What happens? Well, their stress gets higher because they're searching. They're trying to search even um, more for food that isn't there, that for water that isn't there. Uh, so obviously their stress would get even higher as they start to become hungry, as they start to, to, to get thirsty. Um, and so same thing goes with uh, money, right? Money is a resource because money buys you things. Money buys you resources, it buys you food and water, buys you amenities, all that other stuff. So if you don't have it, it only makes sense that your stress level would go higher uh, than it normally, normally would. So. Yeah, I don't know about this question, man. I think I, I got stumped on it. I think this guy, uh, I think this person got me. So uh, let me do one more question real quick because I'm only going to do, because this person wrote a, wrote a dang book, so I'm not going to read all of it. But I'm going to read the uh, the title of it. And it says, Unpopular Opinion, Mental Health Was Underdiagnosed for So Long That It's Now Being Overdiagnosed Incorrectly to Make Up For It. Now, this is a common argument. Um... God, this is a common argument that I hear. Um, I hear a lot um, because you know, I, and I think it goes back to the. Um, and actually, it's it's used a lot in in different situations. I mean, even if we, I mean, I, I suppose since we're celebrating Pride Month, um, you know, it's probably important to bring that up, right? Uh, there is this push from a certain group of people who are saying. Um, you know, we've been, you know, look at all the people coming out, look at, you know, look at all this stuff. There are some people who say that's because it, um, uh, you know, the, the reason why there's so many gay people now is because they have a, uh, people they're, they're more accepted now. And then some people would say, no, it's because of, uh, it's because of, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Uh, it's because we teach it so much that it's, you know, being shown to them so much that people now see it as a um, as a possibility now. And so people just start becoming it. Um, and I think that's the same thing with like mental health. Uh, now, you might say to yourself, well, what does that have to do with with what they're talking about? Because they're saying, you know, it, it, we're trying to make up for the underdiagnosed. Well, let me tell you this. Right. Never before has there been a time that mental health has been, uh, or mental, sorry, not mental health, uh, mental illness has been, sorry about my dogs over there, uh, we have a whole, whole wolf pack here, but never, never before have, has there been a time when uh, mental illness has been, you know, glorified as much as it has there in, in the, in the, whatchamacallit, in the, in the past, right? Uh, before mental illness was completely right, it was it was almost you know it was like oh you seem mentally ill like you seem a little sad let's put you in the psych ward let's you know immediately right like you're going in the asylum or whatever. Um, nowadays it almost seems like we're we're glorifying it and it doesn't almost seem it see it, we are right um, and I don't know what to do about it to be it, I'm just bringing this up I'm just bringing this up right um, because I loved the Joker which you know, with Joaquin Phoenix, he did a great job, uh, but it, to a certain degree, it kind of glorifies mental illness now, you know, in a, in, in some ways. Um, so I don't know. Uh, and by the way, th this, this person, I'm sure they have some great points. I don't want to, uh, oh, you know, actually they do have a little paragraph. I think the rest of his edits these days, literally all I ever hear about is mental health and MH awareness. 
etc., etc., which is fine. The thing is, a lot of percentage of people suffering from temporary mental Ill, uh, health issues in recent generations do not suffer from it because of the way their brain developed or any hereditary component. A lot of people only have temporary mental health-related issues from environmental factors such as bullying, a toxic home situation, which is abusive or neglecting, or being raised terribly. Yeah, th those are some good points there. I I'm, I'm sure there's a mixture of an answer here, which is there are some people who are born like chemically imbalanced, uh, you know, have some chemical imbalances in there. Um, a good example of this, I remember I was hearing, um, there's a YouTube channel called Abba and Preach, and uh, I think it was Abba made a good point where he was talking about, because he lived in Ethiopia for a while, and he was talking about how even though, because one of the things that I, you know, sometimes mention is the fact that uh, suicide seems to be higher for for people who are more well off, um, or middle class to well off, and whereas the poor don't seem to go that way. So a lot of times people assume that mental illness is also reserved because if you don't have any uh, any uh, problems to deal with outside of yourself, you'll start to uh, make them inside of yourself. Um, but he disputed that claim, saying, "Well, he was in Ethiopia, and it's not that well off," and so. You know, people still, you saw people depressed. Um, and I think that's a good point. I just, I think it's important to realize that that mental health affects everyone, right? Physical health affects everyone. Um, and I think it's important to to remember that that's what keeps us, that's what uh, binds us together. But at the same time, um, you know, it, 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 to me, uh, we have to be careful about going out of control with these things and going out of control with trying to overfix things. Um, I don't know what the, you know, what the answer to uh, this person's hypothesis is, you know, that mental health was underdiagnosed and now it's overdiagnosed. I do think some mental illnesses are overdiagnosed. I will say this again. Um, I do think ADHD is overdiagnosed in little boys. That's just my opinion. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that, that's just, that's just what I think. You know, what do you guys think? Uh, remember, you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the info box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. Also, have a link to the anti-psychiatry subreddit in the info box down below. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.